Welcome back, everyone, to the PXP Let's Talk Success podcast. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Paul Plummer. Hey, Dre. How are you doing today? Hello, everybody. Uh, how's the day been? Good. Uh, of course, another busy day. It's just uh, uh, today's a day where we're, we're doing a lot of classes. We're, we're teaching. We're, we're trying to get the bodies uh, in a recover state. We're, we're changing um, what they've been doing, how they're doing it. Some of that's mindset, some of that's physical. It's been good. Well, good. Anything exciting? Any any scoop on anything? Uh, any no, inside scoop no, on no scoops right now. Gotcha. Um, okay, well, good. Um, I have another joke to bring to you, as always. So <laughs> This is the best part of the podcast. I know you all tune in just for this. This is great. Right. Uh, the jokester was in here earlier. So um, did you hear about the actor who kept falling through the floorboards? I didn't. He was just going through a stage. <laughs> so, there it is. There's Cricket's uh, joke of the week for the podcast. Uh, so I hope everyone enjoys that. Um, yeah, I was going to say, nothing exciting going on. We're past, well, past Thanksgiving now, so um, that's interesting. But today I wanted to bring a topic brought um, to you brought by a couple different listeners that we're talking about youth sports um so they just kind of wanted your insight on that and to see um, what your thoughts are and where we want to go from there so we'll see where we go i have a ton of questions for you now they said when they think of youth sports they think of first through eighth grade um if we want to go beyond that we I, we can obviously i mean we yeah. can do whatever we want obviously yeah. so, so so let's, let's stop there for a second yeah. so let's because um, this is really important as you're talking about youth sports there's a lot of different pieces and then first through eighth grade is a really broad range mm-hmm. um, much before that you're you're uh, I'm gonna call it amoeba ball I mean, that's, that's soccer right where you got all the kids running around on one big blob chasing the ball and there's you know you know that's youth sports but it's at a different level where they're you know really having fun mm-hmm. you get into that first grade and, and six you know, up through six seventh and eighth where your, your body's changing a little bit there's a lot of uh, nuances that are happening. So as we're talking about some of these things, I'm going to try to bring it back to, um, as I answer it, we'll, we'll try to break those ranges up a little bit more. And, and we all know that a, a first grader and a second grader have different body sizes and a lot of different stuff. So even that one year of development there, there's a lot of changes that can happen. For sure. Yeah. And if you want to get into, I mean, obvi- uh, high school, that's fine as well. Cause yeah. and, I, and I would even, you know, being not a, uh, a teenager anymore I would define youth sports really through that that 20 and under space yeah you know the bodies are still changing and growing and so you know it really depends on how people define stuff a lot of uh, high school individuals don't want to be seen as youth anymore but their bodies are still growing and changes and even in the in the early 20s your body's still changing and so you know by uh, strictest of definition by some people that would still be relative it's in the fringe of the, of the youth sports for sure, and you know, there's, you know, I have a few questions on here where, even the those high school athletes and adults, you know, they rely on their parents and coaches. Well, I mean, obviously they're going to have coaches um, for a lot of things. So, um, the other thing I want to add as we're as you're listening to any of these re, any of these responses, and I'm, I'm throwing out answers relative to a, a relative age or a relative maturity. We've got to take all that into play because an eighth grader, you know, there's a lot of range of maturity for eighth mm-hmm. graders. Yep. You know, some of them have not hit puberty yet. Right. Some of them are just entering puberty. Some of them are, you know, already into that space, into that uh, puberty stage that uh, their bodies are a lot different. So keep that in mind as you're listening to the answers. There's a, a lot of uh, application that would need to happen by that person individually, by their maturity stage and mm-hmm. experience development. Yeah, no, it's all different. Like I it's so you, you just reminded me just by talking that I don't it's it's weird calling some of the kids that I coach um, a kid because they deal with so much and have a lot of pressure on them even though they are still kids it's like you know it's it's weird for me just because I can see how much pressure they have and what they're going through so but and they handle it very well for the most part but anyways I was just saying that just because you reminded me of it so, I'm going to hit you with the first question, which pretty general question. Why are youth sports important to you? 
So I know there's a lot of, there can be a lot of answers on this, but for yeah. you, why do you think youth sports are important? I think they're important. And, and it goes back to my bias, my lens, right? Growing up, it was, uh, I didn't really get involved in um, organized youth sports until about my sixth grade. Um, uh, so I was 12-ish, 11, 12 in that vicinity going uh, into youth sports. It was just a, an opportunity for me to grow and develop and have a great time. My family had just moved from one location to another. Uh, Mom had remarried. I'm in a new school. And so the sports helped, helped me acclimate, uh, grow as a great support network. Um, and, and I see that for a lot of individuals now. Youth sports can, can, and can do a lot to support these individuals. So that's why it's important to me is getting people the support they need, encouraging them. Um, there's just a lot of things that happen in, in people's lives that we don't know about, mm-hmm. especially the kids' lives, right? Yeah. They, they don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to say certain things that the stresses they're going through. And you just alluded to a bunch of the stresses that they, they go through in youth sports mm-hmm. and that they don't know how to communicate that sometimes. And sometimes those things don't come out appropriately. And it's, it's just a a great time to help individuals grow and support them. For sure. Um, dang, I said, uh, I'm sorry, Josh. I said, um, and I know I've said it a few times already. But, Josh, just letting you know, if you're watching this, and I hope you will watch this, I brought my pen and paper. So I'm listening. Okay. I'm not going to say, um. <laughs> I almost said it. I almost said it. What, what do you like the most about you, sports? youth sports the most yeah um is it is it kids having fun is it them growing is it them socializing um developing strength what do you enjoy the most about it well in my role right now what i enjoy the most is watching them grow change and develop Mm -hmm. watching somebody come in and think that they're at a certain level enjoying what they're doing and then showing them what they could be doing Mm -hmm. Uh, teaching them either form technique stuff helping them get the muscles to activate and grow, um, helping them achieve whatever goal they have for that, that moment. You know, you got to remember, in, in, the, in a youth uh, perspective, you know, this, this three-month period called fall, that's a really long time for them. Mm-hmm. You know, as we get older, we look back and we see these three months, we're like, well, that was a blink of an eye. So helping them see and progress through those periods, um, that's really exciting for me. Gotcha. Sorry, just jumping down to notes real quick. What what have you seen happen to youth sports over the years? Like, what do you what changes have you seen? What what's different? What do you like? What do you don't like? Yeah, and when when you get to be a certain age, you get to have seen a lot of different trends go back and forth. <laughs> yeah. And and so I, I've seen when I was in college athletics, we, we I saw um, multi sport athletes. That's what I grew up being. Okay. Uh, a person that in the fall you did one sport, another one in the winter, another in the spring, and you kind of you might have done the one that you liked the most or the one you want to focus on in the summer to, to get ready. But you're a multi-sport athlete. You cross-trained in essence. And then I saw if you want to be really good at basketball, you better do basketball year-round. If you want to do volleyball, soccer, whatever the sport is, I saw a lot of specialization going on. Um, the process of that pendulum is starting to swing back now. Uh, we're get, getting more multi-sport athletes. You might have the one that you're focused on, but you're doing more and more uh, diversification. I really, really think that's a positive. I think that's a, uh, a trend that should stick around. Uh, I'm not uh, a fan of the specialization of doing one thing year-round. Why, why is that? Well, especially on developing bodies. I mean, we need to have that body uh, experience new stresses, a different uh, forms of that stress, uh, getting them some recovery so they're not doing the same thing. Um, if we use as an example a, a baseball pitcher, somebody wants to be a, a great baseball pitcher, if they, they simply threw with their right arm all the time, um, they're going to develop some sort of issue there. They're going to develop an asymmetry at the very least. They're using the right arm more than their left arm, and you know that everything from the core of how it's being used is going to be uh, is going to affect them. Yeah. Um. No, yeah, you touched on a few of the points that I had here. So with that, my question is with this, I, I saw the um, – I, I read a few articles before I introduced this topic to you um, just because I wanted to see what was being said and what questions I have for you, honestly. Um, 
with the overuse injuries, so let's say I do two sports going on at one time, so or during one season, I'm sorry. What, what do you think about that versus someone who is doing baseball all the time? So I just want to see what, you, what you've seen with that. What do you like, what you don't like with it? Yeah, I've seen, I've seen both of those. I, you know, somebody wants to be a baseball player, so you mm-hmm. know, baseball does go year-round. I mean, you've got a little time down, um, but it's not much. And then they want to do something else. So they add a sport during that same time. Some kids' bodies um, are able to handle it. Mm-hmm. Some aren't. Um, this is a an individual piece. I'm not a fan of that. Um, yeah, I'm, you're contagious with me with these ums. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. That if you want a tip, I can give you a tip. I'm not a fan of participating in multiple sports at the same time year-round. Okay. There, that's a recipe for overtraining. That's a recipe for an injury. However, depending on their maturity, depending on how you put those together, I know many people do it and they do it well and they don't tend to have those injuries. My worry would be in three to five years. So if this is a second grader, mm-hmm. A fourth grader, a sixth grader doing this, what are they going to be like in high school? And that's really where that's really where the injuries start happening, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I worry about. Okay. So what, what would you do if you had a young athlete doing, let's say, two or three sports at the same time? Maybe they're overlapping, so maybe one – one season's about to end and another one's going to begin, but that overlap happens there. And you're seeing or hearing some injury patterns, well, potential injury patterns, I guess I should say, because that could happen because I've, I've seen this where I have an issue going on with my quad, with my calf, with my ankle, what, but the athlete has fun in those sports. Like, what would you do then? Ask them why they're doing it. Yeah. Number one, their parents need to have a reward mm-hmm. for driving them between two and three sports mm-hmm. year-round. That's All a lot of work. The parents need to have some sort of yeah. prize right. and, and to do that. I mean, that's a lot of dedication. so many caramel moms well, if, you that's, don't, if you didn't know that's, that. that's a big job. Yeah. I, 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 there's a, a lot of love that goes into your kids to be able to dedicate that much time driving around, spending time at their practices, dealing with whatever happens around that practice, you know, food, drinks, Mm -hmm. communication. Uh, That's just getting that individual to the practice. Mm -hmm. Now the rest of the family, all the other things that need to happen, you know, that's a huge job. So I'd ask the, the kid, why are you doing these two to three sports? Mm-hmm. And maybe I'd ask mom and dad, why are they doing right. these two to three sports? What, what's yeah. your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Mm-hmm. If it's just to have fun and play, great. Mm-hmm. Make sure it stays that way. Right. If you're trying to accomplish something, you're trying to build up some prowess, mm-hmm. some athletic ability, something to achieve something, a college scholarship at some point. Are we doing it the right way? Yeah. So, and if I, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep trying to dig in on you here. So if I am that athlete and I say I'm having fun in all three and I'm starting, but I'm st- my body's starting to break down, what advice do you give me? Is it still fun? <laughs> if you've got injuries going on, you've got these pains well, so, going on. And so I would, I would communicate to the athlete, yeah. is this still fun? Yes, you want to do it. You're socializing with your friends. You're yeah. having fun. You're doing this because you enjoy the sport, because you enjoy the attention. You enjoy the whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Now you're getting hurt. Yeah. You've got aches and pains. Yeah. It takes some effort to have the same amount of fun. Is it still fun? Right. Because in two years from now, are you still going to look back and, and say, that was fun? Mm-hmm. You know, or was that work? Did okay. play become work right now? And so as a, an adult, yeah. um, as a family member, mm-hmm. as a peer, as that individual, 
you got to put all that stuff together and figure out what what's really happening right now. Okay. Too many times we get into it, we're having fun, we're having fun, we're having fun, and we self-negotiate that we've got aches and pains going on, and we minimize the aches and pains, and we exaggerate how much fun we're really having. having. Mm-hmm. Now we get X period of time down the road, and it hits the fan, so to speak. Yeah. We get to that breaking point where this is no longer fun, this hurts too much, and now you hate the sport. Okay. You hate the play. You hate those pieces, and it's just not a good place to be. Will that happen in a year? Probably not, especially the younger they are. Um, their body just adapted to it. But if you're looking at, hey, I want to get a, a play in high school, I want to play in college, and you're already pushing at that level as a sixth or seventh grader, mm-hmm. we don't have the attention span sometimes. We don't have the drive. We don't have some of the things to withstand those forces and stresses. Okay, cool. Good answer. Um, dang it. Do you think there's a good time to dis- when you decide to focus on that one or maybe two sports? Because um, I know you mentioned, you know, you might fo- if you want to play basketball in college, then you're going to focus on basketball. When do you think there's a good time to make that decision, and when when would you say that is? Yeah, I don't think it's in uh, before you become an eighth grader. Mm-hmm. I think it's after that place. After that. Mm-hmm. I think your body is growing, developing, and and keeping sports fun. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't mean that they're not competitive. That doesn't mean that you don't work. I'm not oh, talking yeah. about you know having kickball if you're playing soccer. Um, but I'm talking about it's still fun mm-hmm. to go work. It's not you know. I've got to go do this because I'm trying to get that scholarship. Keep the sport fun. Once you've, your body has stopped, not stopped really, once it's reached a certain maturity level, then you can start narrowing that focus in. As your body's growing and changing, the more that you can have cross-training, the more you can have a variety of stresses and, and opportunities on it, the better it is going to help that body to mature, develop, grow, stabilize, Whatever word you want to throw in there. Okay. So I wouldn't do the specialization until maybe eighth grade. Okay. That would be the earliest. Freshman, more likely, just because that's usually when the bodies have uh, entered puberty pretty strong. Mm-hmm. And you would, and, and so I'm not saying just to focus on that one sport, but, you know, let's, let's say your, your main focus, your primary focus is basketball. You know, you could do basketball in um, the winter and then work on track in the su- in the spring yeah, or whatever. Or, or even so. cross country in the fall to get ready to, to get in shape. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, well. you're still work. You can still work on basketball skills and, and you know get in the gym and, and that kind of stuff mm-hmm. in the preseason. You know where you're doing whether it's open gyms or you know, scheduled scrimmages or or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then you're working on condition. Maybe that's a cross country thing. Now, cross-country would then not be your primary sport, obviously. Right. But you could use it for fitness, and you, you have some fun with it and, and have the cross-training. And as the basketball season starts, you, you do that with some strength training. You do that with the, the practice itself. Then in the postseason, you know, so depending on when your season ended, right? Yeah. Well, then maybe you look at a little recovery, some stretching, some, some strength stuff. Maybe you look at track. Maybe you look – maybe you enjoy something else. Yeah, for sure. Um, and – Go from there. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff you can do. Awesome. And yeah. that answer would vary by sport, right? I mean, if, if well, yeah, cross right. country were your number yeah. one, then and maybe you do something else in the winter to, right. to get ready. You know, yeah, some people look at cross country going to track. I mean, there's all kinds of different flavors that you could combine. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was just using that for an example. Yeah. Um, do you think it's ever a waste to be in a sport, per se? So... Let's say I, I'm an athlete that's doing five, five sports, and I have other stuff going on too. Obviously, I mean, I, I, if I'm, five sports in the same season, it, not in, the same season. in, in no, a year. No, no. Yeah, in a year. Yeah, in a year. If I have five or six sports going on, like, do you think it's ever a waste? So if you, if you if you're talking about a, in a year cycle, yeah, if you it, participate in four or five different activities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, organized and, activities. Right, right, right. And th- and this is legit. Um, so, <laughs> so let's say I play. Let's say I run track and cr- uh, I run track and field. I do cross country. I do lacrosse. I do basketball. I do volleyball, and I do all my other club stuff from that. So not only do I have my teams, I have mm-hmm. outside stuff as well going on 
throughout the entire year, do you think it's ever a waste for someone to be doing all that? Uh, waste is the wrong word. Um, mm -hmm. I would look more at what is their goal. Right. What's, what's the purpose of doing that many different sports? Mm -hmm. That's got to be answered first. Mm -hmm. if, if the other sports don't supplement or add to whatever goal they have, then I'm going to call it unnecessary. Yeah. Or I'm going to call it potentially taking away from. Mm -hmm. Okay. If you can answer that question and still be able to do six sports in a positive light that adds to the, your goal, right. great. Mm -hmm. I can't think of any really good scenarios that that would be the mm -hmm. answer. Well, yeah, and that's just where I, I was just wondering because this is a conversation I was having with someone um, the other day. I, I just couldn't, I couldn't find the purpose in it, and so I wanted to bring it to you just because with, you know, it went along with the youth sports topic that we had. So, so, let's, say, so let's say that is the case. Um, what, what would you be doing instead? Would you, so, I mean, you kind of hinted at it already. You would be work. You would be doing other things that would benefit um, whatever your primary, maybe or primary, secondary sports would be. Then, which is what? Like, so would you come here to PXP? Well, as an option, would you? So, would you do like private training, or would you do? I'm going to tell you, yes. Because, well, right. because coming in here, I, mean, I know what we're going to do with the body. We're going to look at um, how it's moving, and we're going to look at the low-hanging fruit of what's not well, especially the asymmetries, and we're going to develop those pieces to make them a better athlete, whatever the sport is. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, uh, that bias that I have mm -hmm. of building a body from the ground up, the foundation up, yeah. should be foundation of every, every athlete, right. whether you get it here or somewhere else. Mm -hmm. But I know how we do it here, and I'm biased by how we do it here. Right. From there, it's the answer to what's their goal. Yeah. I'm going to talk to the adults real quick mm -hmm. about youth. When, when you're trying to decide what your kids are doing, most of us will answer that question by what do they want to do? Mm-hmm. What are they excited about doing? And we try to make them happy. Yeah. Okay. Great. Awesome. That should be part of the thought process. Yeah. But now as you start adding two, three, multiple activities, we've got to ask the question, is this in their best interest? Mm -hmm. and, and my bias comes back to what's the purpose? What's the goal? What are we trying to achieve? Mm-hmm. When you answer that question, that helps answer what should they be doing with it. Yeah, for sure. No, and I'm, I'm, I just wanted to bring it to you for myself. Like I said, this was a conversation I was having with someone, and I was just, I was just, I didn't know if I was missing something or what. Because to me, if, I mean, even if I played three sports a year, that's a lot. Which I mean, I guess I, I mean, technically I do, right? And that's why I told the person, but I, was, but I said that you know i would want to do something that's benefiting those sports um which just makes sense to me as opposed to you know if i go out right now and i i pick up a new sport if, if i start playing tennis then you know what benefit does that do for me for triathlon right like i feel like i put myself at more risk playing tennis than i would coming in here and getting you know getting work done to help my sports that i do so that was just where I wanted your opinion on that to see where you were going to go with it. So, so a, lot of, a, lot of our, a lot of our listeners don't know this yet. We haven't made a, a public announcement, but, but we're going to get into some youth sport stuff here at PXP, mm -hmm. uh, specific with triathlon. Yeah. Now, if we break that down, triathlon is three different sports. Yeah, right. So let's talk about these three sports. Mm -hmm. Swimming, cycling or biking, and running. Yeah. Swimming. Club swimming, it's year-round. Oh, I know. Competitive yes. season, it's year-round. Cycling, it's year-round. Yeah. It, it can be year-round. You've got summer events, you've got winter events. Mm -hmm. Everything from cyclocross to road to trail to all kinds of stuff. It can be year-round. Yeah. Running, we know it can be year-round. 
cross country, track and field, indoor track, you've got summer events. Putting those three sports together, you can't do them all intensely the same as you would if you do it into one sport. Right. So you gotta have some sort of blend, some sort of mesh to make that happen. With the other sports, let's take basketball and swimming. Yeah. Can they be combined? Sure, their season's about the same time. Mm-hmm. You've got year-round activities you can do with them. If you're gonna do both of those, you couldn't do them both at the same intensity as if you're doing them both independently. Yeah. I'm not sure that that would be a great blend. So regardless of what their activities are, you've got to figure out a way to put those pieces together. Okay, awesome. No, I completely agree with that. So aside from that, what, are, what, are the, what is the bad that you see in youth sports? Um, we just kind of went over the good stuff and kind of um, tips. I see a lot of heads go down. Yeah. I see a lot of tired bodies. I see a lot of... Um, beat up bodies. I see a lot of uh, smiles until the people aren't looking at them, then I see the heads drop. Mm-hmm. Body language speaks loudly, right? I mean, we can, we can look at people and, and they can say, hey, I'm doing great, but their shoulders are down and they're not really doing great, mm-hmm. right? So these kids, these youth, they're developing, growing, they've got doubts, fears, and anxieties, just like we adults have. Right? They, yeah, need the aff- they need the affirmations. They might not be getting them. Mm-hmm. If they're now being wore down by sport and we're expecting them to be really good at them at all of those pieces, yeah. and they know they're not, but they're trying to be because they're trying to meet other people's expectations, right, yeah. that's hard. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's setting people up for all kinds of things. That's what. I, that's the negative. That's that's probably the worst case scenario that I, that I've seen mm-hmm. is the 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 beat down of confidence, the beat down of uh, that self esteem, that they are working really hard, but they're feeling tired and sluggish, and it's not getting the results that they really wanted to get or what they expect themselves to get. They're working really hard, but not going very far. Yeah. How do you think that? How do we make that better for everyone? Because so, because I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on the bad because it puts me in a bad mood, honestly. Um, so like, because I, because I've seen it firsthand, because you know, I, I coach some of these athletes, and so do you. Uh, but I've seen it out there where they literally put their head down and they're crying because they just ran poorly or um, had a bad game or whatever. Like, how do we um, help that? issue that by itself I'm not worried about somebody somebody had a poor race Mm -hmm. and they're crying right good for them Mm -hmm. they should be disappointed so crying from disappointment having sadness from disappointment Mm -hmm. great they were vested in that they were they care about it Mm -hmm. they're disappointed great emotions yeah let them experience that I'm talking about the chronic piece where they are down all the time they are beat up they no matter what they do it's not good enough no matter what they do they don't feel like it's enough mm-hmm. that's that's a problem gotcha so now, and so how do what do we do about that yeah acknowledge it mm-hmm. you know, we've got some individuals in here where I'll look at them and, and they'll uh, I'll ask them how they do how'd you do today mm-hmm. some of them give me an answer I did good I go right on. I don't worry about that individual. Some of them will, will tell me how they, they could have done better. They're already giving me an excuse for how they don't think they did well enough. I just saw them work out. Yeah. They did great. Right. That's the kid that I've got to talk to. Now, what do I do? Do I, do I bring it up and have a direct conversation and say, hey, it looks like your, your, your expectation is really high. You're being rough on yourself. That doesn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Give them positive affirmation. You're doing great. And then acknowledge all the things that they're doing. Mm-hmm. You just did A, B, C, and D. E yeah. was done at this level. That's a really high level. Mm-hmm. And get them to see that. Awesome. Do you think, because I feel like you didn't just do this. So do you think we lower expectations? I guess, I mean, I guess <laughs> it's based on the circumstance, but. 
No, expectations need to stay high, but they stay need high. to be realistic. Okay. Right? So if, if, if I've asked somebody to do uh, 20 push-ups in a row, mm-hmm. there's, there's several people who can rock that out and are like, well, that was, that was really easy. Some people ask them to do 20, and they're not going to get there in one set. Right. They might get there in two, they might get there in three, depending on where they're at. It's not lowering expectations. It's being realistic about expectations. If somebody's tired from running last night, yeah. and now they come to a strength class, and they haven't slept, and they're, and they're, and they're struggling to get those 20 mm-hmm. when they normally could, right. acknowledge all the, other things, all the other factors that went into it. Get them to see it. Most of us won't do that to ourselves. We'll simply say, I didn't get those. I could have, I didn't, I'm less than. Yeah. If we can, it's not lowering expectations, it's being realistic about expectations. And if we can all stay there and help each other through encouragement or acknowledgement or conversation, great. Awesome. Good. Well, I like that. Um, I don't want to go over any more of the bad with that. So I know you mentioned burnout earlier. Um, how do we, what's the best way of us eliminating burnout? Um, I know you kind of mentioned it, but are there any different tips or ideas that you have with yeah, it? Absolutely. I got a bunch. Yeah, go ahead. So there's a lot of research on burnout. Yeah. And you, you can type in burnout and, and you'll see all kinds of articles pop up, you know, going to Google and that kind of stuff. My opinion, burnout happens when you're no longer having fun or enjoying what you're doing. Mm-hmm. When it went from fun to work. When you haven't got the right balance in that world. So, so if you become so focused and that's all you're doing and you don't really enjoy it, you're not going to do it for very long. You're going to get tired of it. You're not going to want to do it. it. It could be you could, your favorite candy. If you ate that all the time, all day, every day for a period of time, it's not going to be your favorite candy anymore. Well, there's probably a limit there too. Uh, that, that that would be a tougher limit for yeah. sure. However, however, but that's a problem. I mean, so you can't get so focused that it becomes work in essence. Mm-hmm. You got to still enjoy it. Yeah. So the first answer is avoid that space. You know, whether that's breaks, whether that's mixing it up a little Ooh, bit. But if I what, take a break, Paul. Then you're done. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then, then I'm missing out. Then I'm less than the rest of the kids that are going to practice. Um, I'm a snowflake, as I've heard so many times. Uh, I think those are unrealistic expectations. Yeah. And those those are things that we push on ourselves. And I'm going to pull out one of my phrases that I really don't want anybody to use around me. That I'm I'm not a fan of. That I've heard for decades. The phrase is no pain, no gain. Yeah. Suck it up. Be tougher. You right. need to work harder. I, I disagree with that so much because when I would hear those in college athletics, those were the athletes I ended up treating. Mm-hmm. They got hurt. Yeah. No pain, no gain is not really what we mean. When you're working out and you're getting uncomfortable and you're pushing into that soreness, great job. Yeah. We're not talking about pain, but soreness doesn't rhyme with anything, so it's not cool. So we say pain. That soreness does hurt, so that's, we use the word pain, not because we're trying to hurt somebody, but many times we don't understand what that word really means in that instance. So pushing yourself into pain, pushing yourself into those areas, it's too much. Mm-hmm. And so what advice do you have for the parents then that will see this happening to their kids and how to, and honestly, how to help their kids overcome I almost I almost said um right there and I caught it overcome that fear of missing out even because so this will happen where we'll have uh, we'll have kids want to still come to practice uh, even though they're not going to really be doing anything that day because they're scared of missing out and they want to be with the team which is awesome how, as parents, do we, how can you give advice to parents that have those kinds of kids that still want to either be there or they still want to do something because they're going to miss a practice, so they're going to miss, uh, they're going to miss a workout that we have for the day, um, and so they feel like they're missing out? Parents are in a tough position. Right. 
I can say things to their son or daughter that is the exact same thing that they said to them. Right. To the parent said to the son or daughter. Yep. I can say the exact same thing. They'll listen to me. They won't listen to the parent. Yep. I know. So parents are in a tough position. Mm-hmm. Okay. But what I would do as in my role here and what I would encourage parents to do when you're talking to the individual, get them to see realistic expectations. Try to understand what their reason for feeling that they're missing out. What's their reason for thinking they're going to be less than? Mm-hmm. Many times if we can get them to open up, if we can get that conversation, we get that communication of what, what they're really thinking, it answers all of this. Mm-hmm. And if we go back to where we started, and we talk about the communication, we talk about the understanding that these individuals don't know what words to truly use to communicate what they're feeling. Mm-hmm. How long, for adults, how long did it take you, or what age were you, when you could really communicate your feelings? Some of you still can. Right, I was going to say, mine was like a year ago. <laughs> Some of you still can. So these individuals, you're asking them questions about emotions, and you're asking them questions about how they're feeling, they're asking them questions about reading their body. They can't communicate to you. No. And so what you're seeing, believe what you're seeing. Mm-hmm. It's a tough situation. For sure. And I think, so, and I was thinking about this as I typed this up the other day. You know, I really like college because with college, you have the ability to feel like you're not missing out with a team. Because usually, well, I mean, I guess I shouldn't say usually, but there are times when there might be uh, other athletes that have injuries as well, or they, they might be skipping a practice to keep themselves ready to go for game day. So you have a facility to go to, and you can say I'm a run. You can hit the – well, say any athlete. You can hit the elliptical, or you can hit that stationary bike with a teammate or um, members of the team or even like your roommate or whatever you want, you can go to the gym there and feel like you're not missing out, you know? So I feel, so that's something that you don't necessarily have, but I would encourage more of just for me, like if you do feel like you're missing out and your coach says, well, go ride the bike or whatever, you know, find a teammate or find someone else to ride the bike with you. So you feel like you're not missing out on a practice or like, you're not doing as much work as everyone else, you know? So that's where I really like the idea of college athletics in that sense. And I didn't know if you had any thoughts on that. I just wanted to bring that up with you. Yeah. Whether that's happened at the college age or whether that's happened at the younger youth age, that would be a great way to try to get them to be still involved. Mm-hmm. You know, it's harder to do with youth sports because you don't have the same equipment that we have in, right. that we had in college. Yeah. You don't have the same facilities to, to do those sort of things. Mm-hmm. So you brought up uh, college versus this, this youth thing here. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you're looking at an 18-year-old who's an adult yeah. who has moved away from home, mm-hmm. who's now got to make decisions about, do I get myself up and go to class? When I was in high school, mom and dad made me get up, or they were aware if I didn't get up. Right, and so right. they helped, helped encourage me to do those things. Mm-hmm. Add on to that, now they've got to eat at the right time. Are they eating? What are they eating? They're on their own. They get to make those choices. They're making good choices. And so parents, when they are going through youth sports, this is a great time to teach them life skills. Some of the mistakes, and I'm going to call them mistakes, some of the individuals who uh, had a harder time is when the parents were making the decisions for them all the way through, mm-hmm. through youth sports, yeah. through high school. And the decisions I'm talking about are you're going to do this practice because it's going to help you get this scholarship. You're going to do this activity because, and and they didn't engage the individual. They told them what they were going to do. So I have a bias. Mm -hmm. I like telling you all my biases. (laughs) This bias is the more that you can teach the youth how to make decisions, how, what criteria to use to make these decisions, how to apply what they're feeling, how to learn what they're feeling, the better off they're going to be in in life skills overall. Mm -hmm. You asked me earlier what I love about sports, what I love about youth sports in particular. It's because you can teach them life skills through games. 
Yeah. It is. We, right. we, sometimes we think it's life and death, but these are all <laughs> yeah. games. Right. These are competitions. They're fun. They're enjoyable. They should stay fun and enjoyable, but they can be used to teach a lot of things. Okay. Awesome. Well, good. Well, that was a good answer. That covers all the questions that I had written down. Is there anything that you would like to bring up about youth sports? A lot. Um, how do I put it all into, into a condensed, uh, coherent message? Youth sports are hard because you've got a growing body that you're learning motor development. So somebody comes in here and, and they're in first grade. I'm teaching that kid how to move their body well. As they age, as they become more mature, we're, we're now teaching movement patterns. Mm -hmm. If we're getting into a young adult age, sometimes we're correcting bad habits. So the sooner you start teaching fundamental movement patterns, the better for them to have a solid foundation to be able to have better opportunities in their sports. Their performance is going to go up. Their risk of injury is going to go down. Mm -hmm. That's one. Second, we, you've got to do that where it's balanced out, where they're still having fun, they know how to have the appropriate amount of work, and we're teaching them how to communicate about what their bodies are doing. When they're physically hurting, and if they can describe a physical discomfort, soreness, real pain, they're simply uncomfortable, now when they have some of those emotional things that they're going to go through as a youth, as they're going through that maturity, they're going to have some emotional pains, mm -hmm. sorenesses, they'll have the better tools to communicate those as well. Okay. That's important. And then simply helping, helping guide them in what do they want to accomplish? What are their goals? It's hard for me to understand why we do certain things if we don't have a goal. Sometimes it's just fun. We don't have to have a goal for everything. Just we're doing it for enjoyment. But if you've got, hey, I want to do college athletics yeah plan with that we as adults we don't buy things buy big things without <laughs> having a goal right we don't have a we have to have a plan we're going to get a, a mortgage we got to make sure we've got these things going in our careers we want to uh, progress in our career there, there's pathways to do that there's plans to do that you you wouldn't just expect to progress your career without having some sort of plan it's the same process for the youth sports in my opinion okay awesome no i i agree i like that i like i like that i think that's something um pretty tangible that you've given to the listeners and parents on what they can do yeah. and, and one last thing a lot you know sometimes as, as a parent talking to your kids about these things you're not going to be heard don't get frustrated just know that it happens across the board it's not you right Maybe find another parent and share that same thing. And maybe you talk to each other's kids. Mm -hmm. Maybe, maybe let me know. If, yeah. if they're in here in class and we're struggling with something, send me communicating it. And, and I can help say some of those pieces and help, and help that process. For sure. No, yeah, it's always good to have someone else because you, you said exactly what I said earlier. I will, I will say the exact same thing that you said but they'll listen to me um, when they just heard you, right? So that's, I totally agree with that. But, all right, we good on that? Cool. Um, I do have a couple questions, actually, which I'm excited about because I got them both yesterday. So I was coming into this with no questions. Um, but this is actually, the, both questions, um, ironically, are tied kind of to you, sports, in a sense. So I'm going to read them to you. So this question is coming from Gary. Um, Gary says, high school and middle school athletes eat a variety of things, and it's rare to find an athlete in this age group who is interested in changing their diet. But to ensure they are doing something positive, what are two to three, two to three simple changes these athletes can make? For example, when I, was when I was a kid playing sports, my mom always made sure I had spaghetti the night before a game. I have no idea if this was a good thing, but it was something she thought would help. So two to three simple changes these athletes can make. I've had, so I'm going to 
this is from me, I've had athletes like eat pizza right before they're about to run. Um, but so two to three simple changes maybe that you can give for to answer Gary's question. Yeah. If you want to change anybody's eating habits, mm-hmm. they need education. Okay. Right. If if you if you most of us eat what we like. We've tried things that taste good. We like it. Uh, we feel good afterwards. So let's eat more of that. Mm. Okay. If we've learned that by eating that, it affects our performance in a negative way, we won't do that. Mm-hmm. If we learn that eating something else will help our performance, we'll all do that. That's the place to start with youth. It's a place to start with adults in terms of that education. That's the first thing. Mm-hmm. You know, don't just tell them they've got to eat something different. Yeah. Tell them why. Okay. Once they understand why or what they're doing, positive or negative to the body, they'll all make adjustments. We'll all make adjustments. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean they're going to stop eating whatever candy, sugar, whatever they were probably adding in their diet, or, and, and add more vegetables. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they doesn't mean they're going to do all that or eliminate all that and have a perfect clean diet. But they'll gravitate that direction as, as they see the results, as they feel better. Yeah. If you're an endurance sport, you know, having carbs, uh, carb loading beforehand, absolutely. There's, there's a bunch of science around that. I'm not sure how much it, it does if it's a, a, a power sport or if you're doing uh, a sport that's an hour or less. Uh, carb loading the day before, I don't know how much that really does. I would tell you to have... Uh, a good clean diet with with plenty of carbs and proteins and, and healthy fats yeah, and just have a, a good fueling system for that if you are doing something that's more than an hour you know carb loading or you've got an event that's every few weeks you know having uh, the carb loading you know, there's plenty of science behind how that's going to help um, in general i see people eating way too many carbs yeah uh, carbs are great they taste awesome yeah not enough protein and trying to eliminate all fat. Okay. I tell you, don't eliminate all fat. There's, there's good healthy fats, avocados, oh, okay. nuts, that kind of gotcha. stuff. Have, have the, the healthy fats, you know, they're important. Yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, so answer why they're important, real quick, for the listeners, please. Fats, the healthy fats. Just a real quick. Yeah, well, there's a, well, to answer that question, there's a bunch of reasons on that, right? Right. We, we need fat in our body because they're of, you can eat one gram of fat and you get nine calories from it. Mm-hmm. So you get, you get more fuel from that one gram. Where carbs and protein, you get four calories for each gram. Okay. Uh, it, it does a lot for how your body works. There's a lot of, I don't want to dig, I don't want this to turn into a lot of the science. I don't mean this. I don't want it to be where we're going to talk about the science of what fats do in the system. Yeah. You need them in there, a nice healthy balance. I want to stay more on the practical side. Mm-hmm. Um, we eat too many carbs, we don't get enough proteins, and we try to eliminate fats. Mm-hmm. Keep fats in. If I'm going to give a suggestion, and this is a broad, everybody needs to look at their bodies, and needs to have a, a look at your energy systems, who you are, what you're doing. But as a general rule, I like 40-30-30. 40 percent protein, 30 percent carbs, 30 percent fats. Mm-hmm. As a general rule. Okay. Please don't go out and copy 40, 30, 30 arbitrarily. <laughs> but as a general theme, that, that would be uh, okay. a good thing. All I, all I really wanted you to say was fast give you energy to use so you can do better. <laughs> That's all I really wanted you well, to so say. Well, so do carbs and so do proteins. Right. But. Yeah. So, no, because, so the reason why is because I've heard, I listen to a nutrition podcast every once in a while. And they, um, there's a misconception where if you, people think if you eat fat, that it's going to translate to fat. And it's mm-hmm. the same as thinking if I eat blueberries, I'm going to turn blue, mm-hmm. right? So I just wanted you to sure. kind of yeah. neglect that. Yeah, the message I want to make sure everybody knows is you need a good combination of all three of those. And, yeah. and as a theme, we take in too many carbs relative to our fats and proteins. Okay, awesome. Well, good. Well, I think that answers that. So next question, this is coming from Jason. Um, Jason says, if you are training for something specific, so he said, for me, like Ironman Florida coming up, 
what are the benefits and any negatives of doing fun slash additional um, running events or different events um, that don't specifically go with your training plan so he's asking as if like so if i'm doing so tomorrow we have our turkey um well this will be this will have already been done so let's say i throw in a fun 5k during my training for an iron and i'm coming up on an ironman event or a half marathon are there negative effects of that or are there benefits to it yes maybe okay <laughs> to both those yep. so let, let's let's break this down a, bit, a little bit we've got a schedule of workouts right we've got a a, a pattern of in this situation, swim, bikes, and runs. Mm -hmm. And and one of the runs, uh, maybe the theme is that day you're gonna run for 30 minutes. Okay. Could you turn that into a, a 5K? Sure, mm -hmm. sure. Depending on what your pace is, you might be done in 20 minutes. Yeah. That might, if you're done in 20 minutes, the intensity might not be the same intensity of what that planned run was. Mm -hmm. And so if you do that too often, then you throw off all the different metrics that you're working on. So that's why I was going, yes, maybe. Right. It might be okay to throw in an event mm -hmm. if it's similar to what your overall training theme should be or what the intent of that individual workout mm -hmm. is. Yep. When you start, if you're supposed to do an aerobic run uh, and then you throw in a, a hard 5K instead, every once in a while, great. Mm -hmm. Mix it up, have fun, you know, be around more people, have a little bit of competitive piece. But if you do that routinely, that's going to throw a lot of stuff off. And then, then we got to start looking at what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish, and are you accomplishing those things. Okay. So basically, make sure it makes sense with your training that you're doing with, right? Yeah. We've got several people. Like, if I'm training somebody for, to run a marathon, and they've got a 14-mile run mm -hmm. on Saturday, and there's a half marathon that co corresponds with that, yeah. great. Now, we have, a, we have a conversation about how they attack that that half marathon race right he, are they going to race that yeah. or are they simply going to use that event to get their workout in right yeah he also said second part was and how should you approach um approach those events physically and mentally yeah so um, it, that would come down to where you're at in your training plan mm -hmm. what the intent of that individual workout is yep. and how you're feeling yep for sure awesome well good well those are our questions for um this podcast from our listeners. I'm glad, um, thankful, grateful for Gary and Jason for submitting those. Um, anyone Thanks, else? Yeah. Um, anyone else, if you have questions, always feel free to send them to us. Ask Paul and he will write them down and he will answer them on the podcast, right? Absolutely. Yep. And, and, and if, if I didn't answer the questions for what you were really asking, <coughs> re-ask the question. Mm -hmm. Or send me a little bit more clarity that I can get into what specifically you're looking for on those. Yeah, no, for sure. And I think you did good with it. Um, so yeah, that's it for questions then. Next, we're going into our fun segment where I'm going to ask you a few questions um, and we'll just see your answers. These aren't the um, would you rathers today. These are just good questions. I okay. Think. What's your favorite smell? All time favorite smell? Uh, Something baking in the oven. Something baking walk, walk in the, in the oven. Walk, maybe it's cookies, maybe mm -hmm. all kinds of that smell walking into the house, especially this time of year. Yeah, for sure. Around the holidays. You like Christmas cookies? Of course. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, cool. I like that. Have you ever fallen off your bike in front of a huge crowd? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> well, Absolutely. Where was that? So this, this was a ride I'm doing up. I'm going up uh, Oak Ridge. Uh, almost to 32. This is before all the new construction up there. There's a stoplight as you're riding north on Oak Ridge, yeah. just before 32. I'm in the turn turn lane. I don't get unclipped the way I think I should be unclipped, and I actually lean to the other side. So I unclip my right foot and I lean left, and so I'm going down. <laughs> there are cars turning off of 32 oh, onto Oak Ridge, and I just splat land right up right on my side my, my feet are in the air my, my water bottles have going everywhere the bike is there there's cars behind me um, a couple of them actually honked yeah. they're they're laughing the cars that are driving past you see all the kids in the back with their face up against the window big smiles you see some of the drivers 
you know, big smiles. Now, the disappointing piece is no one stopped to be like, oh, are you okay? I wanted a lot of empathy for that, you know, that fall. Yeah. But it was more of get up as quick as I can, put the water bottles back in, and then hightail it out of there before anybody recognizes who I am. Right. No, I, I could not stop laughing when I was typing this down because of Justin's video that he posted in the group. Mm-hmm. Oh, it, was, it was just so funny because he didn't even do it. Well, I mean, he put it in the group, but nobody saw it. Well, we'll tell him what he did. So Justin, um, Justin posted a video in the group of him pulling up into the driveway after one of our group rides into his driveway, and he's just pulling up. And you see him just stop, and next thing you know, I think he thought, I think he said that he thought he got unclipped and he was, like, getting his foot out, but he was lost into, a, was there a sign, or he had, and he had a podcast going in one year or something, and so next thing you know, you just see Justin tip over and, and fall on the ground, <laughs> and it was so funny, because he literally, like, it literally looked like he just stopped and like purposely fell over almost it was like it was so funny but whenever i have any new clients um and we start talking about getting on the bike everybody's nervous about falling and getting into wreck on the bike my answer to them is you are you are going to fall most of you are going to fall because you're coming up to a stop sign you get ready to stop and you either forget to unclip Mm -hmm. or you do what i did and unclip right side and fall left or unclip left and fall right yeah you want to know my story with unclipping so so the first time I go ride my new bike, this was my road bike, uh, I take it to Fort Harrison and I get it off my rack and I get going and I'm riding through and I do, I don't know, however long and I come back and I, I need to get off now. And so I can't get my foot out of my pedal and I'm trying really hard and I'm like, like swinging my foot out, trying not to wreck and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. So. I can't get my foot out. This is the first time I've ever done this. And so I had my Apple Watch at the time. So um, I go, hey, Siri, call dad. And so I try to call my dad. And my dad always answers his phone until, except for this one time. I'm like, dad, are you serious? Like, I need you right now. And so I'm literally riding around in like this roundabout forever. And I try to call my dad again. And he's not answering. So I'm like, all right, well. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I got to figure this out because I'm not going to just sit here and ride forever. I need to go. And so I start to, I start pedaling up to my um, car, to the back of my car. And I had a back, a bike rack on there. Um, and it was one that was like on the trunk. And so I literally, I grab, I, I'm riding and I grab onto the bike rack and I swing. And so and and I fall and I so I, I grab it and I fall and my bike goes under me and I I clip out and, and I, I'm just laying there on the ground. Um, that, that's one way of getting the the, yeah. the tension off of that cleat to just fall down and let the pressure <laughs> yeah. explode it out. So that was my first time clipping, um, my first experience clipping out. So it was terrible. Um, all right, next question. Do you so? How do you hang your toilet paper? Do you go over? Oh, over under? the top. Over yeah. The top, okay. Sure. Good. I was worried about this one because I thought you were going to be a weirdo and go under. <laughs> and so I was worried about this one, but good. All right. So I restructured this question because I know what your answer would would probably be. What fun purchase would you make if you won a million dollars? Fun purchase. Fun. Yes. Uh, it would be a trip. Trip somewhere? Okay, yeah. well, good. Yeah, we'd make it into a trip. Okay, I like that. And then final question. This one might be, we might lose fans here. We might not. Uh-oh. Does, peop- uh, does people, does pineapple belong on pizza? Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, there's there's people out there that says pineapple doesn't belong uh, on pizza. Ham, I love mushroom. I love Hawaiian pizza. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page there. So... Everyone that doesn't believe so. No, that's I'm not sorry. the only kind of pizza, but that's, well, no, that, that's no, a good one. No, definitely not. I mean, it's a special one. Meat lovers? Mm. Well, yeah, meat lovers is almost number one, probably. Um, okay, well, good. All right, so shout-out segment um, brought to you by Our Lady of Montcalm <laughs> cross-country team. So do you have a shout-out for me? Uh, Anyone that you've seen, even today, maybe? 
Maybe yeah, so. Andrews was in. I've seen Andrews a couple times. Um, not me, by the way. This is a different person. Yeah, I, yeah not not Andre or Andres, uh, Andrews. Uh, he's been in a class a couple times. It's good to see him back getting getting after some things. Mm-hmm. No, I like him. He uh, he's been into our youth class a couple times, and he's had fun with it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I'm going to give a shout-out to Terry, uh, Scary Terry, for going into Iron Well Man done, Arizona. Terry. Yep. Well done. Getting that job done. I know he was nervous about it going in. Two, uh, two Ironmen within six weeks, Chattanooga in Florida. Yeah. Well done. Yeah, for sure. So shout-out to Terry for always um, pushing the needle. So awesome. Well, that it for you for shout-outs? Yeah. Cool. All right, we're going to get into the conclusion then, everyone. Um, once again, thank you to everyone that has left a review this far. So far, all five-star reviews. Uh, we still only have the four that I saw on Apple. I meant to check Spotify. Um, as a viewer, I meant to check Spotify, but I forgot. But it's not showing me anything yet from there. But if you've left a review on Spotify, thank you. Uh, YouTube, thank you for the likes. Um, there have been a couple of likes on there. Continue to like on YouTube, please. Um, comment whenever you want to comment on any post. Uh, I was happy to see someone commented about the DJ Polly Fresh <laughs> post. Uh, they gave you, a, um, they gave you a new name. They said, "What was it, Prince Paul?" Prince Paul. Yeah. Prince Paul. Yeah, I'll give a shout out to Al. Al, Al White. Uh, need to see you back in here, Al. Yep. So that was awesome. So always comment. Always feel free to message us about anything that we post. So. As always, um, feel free to message us to uh, feel free to message message us about the post, about the podcast. Send us your questions, send us your feedback. Those are always welcome. We've had a ton of feedback, which is awesome, and I thank you guys for that. Uh, it's been great to hear the positive feedback, the constructive criticism. You know, I always value that a ton. So thank you guys. Absolutely. For that. Hey, hey guys, the, uh, I hope you know this. We're doing this because I want to have a, a forum to communicate many of the things that we talk about in here, try to reach a broader, broader audience with that. I don't want this to be a lot of the science stuff. We can get that out, out there, and that doesn't mean that we're not using the science and the, the theories and that kind of stuff. But I want this to be more practical in nature. So thank you for those comments. Thank you for the clarity. We are learning uh, mm-hmm. how to do this. Well, hopefully we're getting better and better each time. Um, Help us by telling us what you want to hear. Help us by telling us what we can do better. Help us by telling us what we've done well. So we can continue those pieces through. If there's anything in this that we can improve, we want to do that also. Help us so we can help you. Yeah, absolutely. Perfectly said. And then be on the lookout for the next newsletter. Uh, so when you hear this podcast, the next newsletter will be coming out shortly after in a few days. So if we don't have your email, send your email to, is it pxpendurance at gmail.com? Yes. Okay, so send, send an email to pxpendurance at gmail.com, and then we'll have your email and put a short message saying, I didn't get the last newsletter. I don't know if I'm the, on the list. So here's my email. You cool. can check your spam also. Sometimes mm-hmm. um, it, it's going into your spam, so double check that also. Yep, absolutely. If you don't, if you for some reason can't email us your email, um, send it to write it down. Give it to Paul or send, or text it to Paul. Uh, you can always write it down um, and put it in here, and we'll get you added to the email list. So be on the lookout for that. Some exciting stuff coming up on there, including I'm going to give you guys a podcast exclusive peek to bingo coming up so you'll see bingo is on the way for the month of december it'll be on the newsletter and we'll have rules for that but be on the lookout for bingo very excited for that just to see the competition and the encouragement from others and there is prizes yeah oh yeah yeah so all kinds of things fun prizes coming up for bingo so very excited for that for the month of December. Maybe we should have a square on there about did they listen to the podcast and they have to tell us where in the podcast we talked about being. Yeah, the exact number or the exact like hour and minute. Yeah. Okay, we that, can do that'll that. be that'll be part of the grand prize. There we go. Okay, cool. So we'll add that to it. So we'll see if you're listening. 
So I know Kathy said she's about to go listen now to listen for the questions she asked and whatnot. So I'm excited to hear what she said. She said she's going to memorize them. Nice. I said, okay. Nice. Awesome. Uh, next is sponsorships. Sponsorships. Anyone wants to sponsor the podcast, um, feel free to hit up Paul and see what you want to do with a sponsorship. If that's we create an advertisement for you, if that's we create a flyer for you and post it, if that's we put you on our story, on our social media page, uh, whatever it is, work. Uh, if you want to sponsor the podcast or a segment of the podcast, if you have your own segment that you want, you can do something like that. Um, or if you just want to sponsor the podcast by buying us equipment or saying we need new equipment, if you want to build a PXP table for the podcast and you want us to use it, we'll do that. So let us know um, for sponsorships if you want those. As always, like, share, and subscribe. So like us on, like the videos on YouTube. You can find it at PXP Endurance on YouTube. You can always see us posting about the podcast on Instagram and Facebook. And then you can always listen on Apple, Spotify, and whatever other podcast platform you have. I know there's been downloads on like Google Podcast and Podcaster or something like that. Um, just seeing from the website, but always like and just share and subscribe and always feel free, like we said, to share it um, to your Instagram, to a friend. Um, if you know someone that could benefit from the podcast, uh, share it to them, uh, leave, re your, leave your reviews and always feel free to comment, always feel free to message us about it and let us know, like Paul said, what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong, because we really want this to be for you. So always send your feedback and questions and we'll get to them um, as we get them. So that is it for me. Paul, anything you want to leave the people with? No, thank you all for listening. If you've gotten this far, we really appreciate it. Uh, hope it's been informative. Yep. And that's it for episode five.